Welcome back to the Scarlet Fever, the Daily Nebraskans' own sports podcast. We are back after a week off. We are going to talk all things Nebraska football, talk about the last two matchups, as well as preview the upcoming game against Wisconsin, as well as dive into a little bit of Nebraska basketball. The season is in full swing. The winter sports landscape is opening up. Gavin, it's been a week. How are you doing today? I'm a little tired, to be honest. Um, kind of getting to be that time in the semester yeah. where um, the end is near, but not near enough. But excited to take a little uh, little hour off and just talk some Husker sports. Absolutely. So I think just to start into it, we're going to talk a little bit about the past couple weeks of Nebraska football. Been some of the, uh, how do I say it, not most fun football to watch. No. Um, it hasn't been great. Probably in my Nebraska career, probably the worst football I've seen. Obviously, without Casey Thompson, it's been a bit of a struggle. Um, what have you seen? Have you seen anything positive from these last few weeks, or is it all negative in your mind? Without Thompson, we can kind of all throw it out. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think like my view of the team has changed. Um, I think kind of the results have been similar, maybe even a tiny bit better than what I expected without mm-hmm. Thompson, like five percent, but. I don't know. Um, Trey Palmer's been super subdued, but Marcus Washington stepped up a little bit. Anthony Grant had a really good game against Minnesota, not so much against Michigan. Yeah. Um, and the defense has looked okay. So Yeah, the defense has cool. actually looked a little bit better than I expected over these. You know, I mean, obviously Michigan's going to run all over you, as they do to every team, but it didn't look like it was ever completely out of control. There was just no yeah. offense to back it up, and so any points were just going to extend that lead further. Yeah, I mean, look, Blake Corum pretty much got, for the most part, got whatever he wanted against Nebraska, but he never had a run longer than 12 yards, which yeah. I found to be pretty crazy. Um, I mean, Nebraska really employed that bend-don't-break philosophy Absolutely. to the max and um, took away the big gains for him, um, which which is commendable, but um, certainly didn't render him ineffective. Yeah, there hasn't been the, – the big play offense has – you know, big plays have not beat Nebraska really at all over these last three weeks, um, which is, you know, you have to give props to the defense. That was a big problem at the beginning of the year where they were busting off draw plays and screen plays for 60-yard gains. We haven't really seen that this year, unless I'm mistaken, or this the last couple of weeks um, against, you know, Minnesota, who's not really prone to doing that. Michigan can do that, but they're more of a ground-and-pound team. Um, so those big, those big plays have not hurt Nebraska. But like you said, that constant, consistent run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, it's been a theme over the last three weeks, and without an offense to do the same thing, there's just been no answer for these running backs who, two of the, you know, top two running backs in the nation, Minnesota and Michigan, have. Um, upcoming Wisconsin, another one. These Big Ten backs, Nebraska's really not had any answer for them, um, but they have held them from going for you know 60 yard gains like we've seen in the past. Yeah, definitely. I mean, Nebraska's three quarters of the way through its test of. Um, these elite running backs, and they've gotten out there on Saturday. But um, do you think that – who do you think was the best one of the bunch that they put so far? Best overall, I'd say Corum. Um, I think, you know, obviously with the offensive line that they have, it's a little bit skewed. Um, I mean, I, I, I'm a huge Mo Ibrahim guy. But, um, again, like they're all so good that it, it really didn't matter. They didn't have their best games of the season against Nebraska. I think that's their only – I mean, that's a good takeaway for the Husker defense where they can say, hey, other teams, you know, they played worse against these guys. But, again, doesn't – I'm sure they don't really care about that since they're coming away with these, you know, double-digit losses. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I kind of feel like Chase Brown of Illinois was the one that, like, hurt Nebraska the most. 
and that was like partially because it took him a while to get going. Mm-hmm. Um, Ibrahim the whole game was pretty consistent with three to five yard gains. Um, I don't think he ever broke one for more than like 10, 15 yards no. either. Brown, I think, had one of like 30 or 40 yards. But um, yeah, I mean, certainly, I mean, Nebraska let up probably like 140 yards on average between those three guys, yeah. but certainly did better than I expected against them. Um, and yeah, like by all by all accounts, the defense has been at least like competent in that stretch, but it needs to be more than that when the offense is um, just looks completely right. futile without Casey. Yeah, it's hard to know because these aren't necessarily explosive offenses. Michigan, you know, they don't have that extra gear like a team like Ohio State maybe has. It, it's an explosive offense, but definitely Illinois and Minnesota aren't exactly explosive. You have to wonder what how you know if the defense was able to do that against teams like Northwestern at the beginning of the year or even Purdue, where you're talking you know guys like Evan Hole look better against Nebraska than maybe even you know Blake yeah. Corum. So the run defense has definitely improved. The level of competition has also improved, which is a good sign to say the least. Um, I've been impressed with the defense. I think you you can't walk away feeling like the defense is the reason why Nebraska is losing these games right now. Um, against Michigan, you're probably going to lose regardless of a healthy offense. But against Illinois and Minnesota, I feel like the defense did their job. I don't know if you do. Yeah, I agree. Um, I mean, again, it all comes back to the offense being able to put enough points on the board. Um, they would also be helped by um, creating some like unlikely big play, mm-hmm. like a defensive score, defensive big turnover, or a special teams play, um, which – they haven't received. Yeah, we haven't really seen any weeks. turnovers. Yeah. Yeah, and they blocked a few punts this year, which is yeah. kind of uncharacteristic <laughs> of the last decade. Um, just not in the last couple of weeks. And yeah, the defense has kind of stopped turning teams over as it's improved, mm-hmm. which is interesting. Yeah, and, and also against you know teams that don't really turn the ball over, which is you have to take into effect. Yeah. Um, Michigan doesn't really turn the ball over, neither does Minnesota or Illinois. It's just been this kind of slow bleeding that we've seen from this Nebraska team, where it's it's like kind of start well but then just as as the course of the game you're sitting there 30 minutes later and you're like man this you know you felt like you were kind of in it at first but it's just after a while it's just over and over running the ball down your throat and all of a sudden the Nebraska loses um it hasn't been a, a pleasant sight to watch this team kind of you feel just like they lose the juice and I know Mickey's really trying to keep that keep that going but there's just not much to get excited about and so you see it in the in the you know in the mannerisms of these of these guys on the field where it's like oh we have to go the defense oh we have to go out there again after being out for three plays where where the yeah. offense is consistently giving up three and outs and defense walks down heads you know heads towards the ground we got to go up against Blake Corm again we just you know we just dealt with him 5 minutes ago it's it's a really tough position for them to be put in no doubt yeah and that kind of the the way they're just kind of bleeding these other teams are bleeding Nebraska to death I think really sums it up. Um, this next opponent, Wisconsin, um, on Saturday, plays in a very similar vein to um, the past three. It's a Big Ten football. Yeah. Um, but I would argue relatively confidently they're the worst of the bunch. Mm-hmm. Um, wouldn't be shocked if they beat Minnesota in a couple of weeks, but I do think Minnesota is a slightly better team. Um, so, yeah, that'll be interesting to see what they do there. Kind of the difference is I don't know if we're ready to – jump into the full-fledged preview for that game um but wisconsin also has a has an elite running back and kind of what sticks out to me most one of the things that sticks out to me most about this game is i don't think he's the best of the bunch i think you could even make an argument that this running back braylon allen is the fourth best out of this group um and maybe he has the best highest upside he's only 18 uh sophomore but 
Um, I think he's well positioned to quite possibly have the best performance of any of them against Nebraska. No, yeah, I, I would agree there. I, you know, he he's been a little less consistent than I expected him to be this year. Um, and guys like Chase Brown have had a much better season than I expected. But yeah, I would agree. Of the three, you know, elite backs that they've faced over the last three weeks, I would say um, that Braylon Allen is the worst. Now, that was not the case last year no. against Braylon Allen. He, to, you know, he bust onto the scene with that game, had an incredible performance. So he's probably looking his chops, thinking I can do that again against this Husker defense that is even, even worse than last year's uh, unit, which he ran all over. Wisconsin is an interesting team because they've kind of been up and down all year. Um, you know. I know you said the worst of the bunch. Do you feel like this Wisconsin team is any you know at the beginning of the year we kind of looked at this as like a maybe a winnable game but also a tough opponent. Which Jim Leonard do you think it's more of a threat than they were at the beginning of the season or does it not really matter because it's still not a very uh, quality opponent? You know, that's a good question. Um, cuz did it did they fire him? I don't know if you remember. Was it after the It was the after State the game? Illinois game. After the Illinois game um, where that, they lost to Bielma. Um, and they they canned uh, they got Leonard in there. So yeah. So if you look at the t- the entirety of their resume, um, you can kind of separate it relatively cleanly. Where it looks like they've been better since then for sure. Um, routed Northwestern, beat Purdue and Maryland, which is impressive. Um, that loss last week to Iowa was kind of confounding. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I kind of thought at the time of the firing that they had like a higher ceiling than they displayed now. You know, like I think right. we I think we talked about it on this podcast that we thought they would you know, end up correcting course and hit seven or eight wins. Um, and at five and five right now with games at Nebraska and against Minnesota, that looks kind of unlikely. I think they'll probably be six and six. Yeah. Um, but there's a real scenario where they miss a bowl game. Absolutely. I think so. I, I, that, that, we can talk about the Iowa game a little bit. That, that one made no sense to me because I saw them beat Purdue, and I was very high in Purdue at the time. I thought, okay, this Wisconsin team's got to take another lap. Then they go in and kind of handle business against Maryland, who is a solid team, not not great. Um, Tungvalu was injured, but then they then they kind of get worked by Iowa. I know they outgained them, and and they you know on the stat sheet it doesn't make a lot of sense, but Iowa really took it to them, forced a bunch of turnovers, blocked a punt, recovered a you know a big uh, punt return. So you're kind of like, how, you know, where does this Wisconsin team kind of fit into this Big Ten? And I think right now they've kind of situated themselves above the Northwestern Nebraskas of the world, but still below yeah. those other top contenders. They're still not out of the Big Ten West race. Um, but like you said, I thought they would have a higher potential um, after, especially after that Purdue game. I thought they could, I thought they would have a chance to uh, make a run for the division. That has not been the case. I still really think, though, that Jim Leonard is the right guy for the job. I think they've shown a lot more, um, you know, fight than, than they did previously. Uh, they started the season really poorly, and kind of like Nebraska, where you bring in an interim and, they, and it seems to kind of, you know, help out the team. I think Jim Leonard's done. I don't. What, what would you say? Jim Leonard's done a better job than Mickey so far of kind of working with what he's got because he does have a much better maybe roster. It's hard to compare the two. Yeah, that's the thing. Is definitely a much better um, recent track record of success, um, including the guys on the roster, and a winning culture. I mean, dating back the last right. couple of years with Paul Christ and Leonard has been there, which Mickey Joseph hasn't. Um, so I would argue he has more to work with. Uh, Nebraska has recruited slightly better and rates slightly better in the um, talent composite with the transfers they brought in, but um, Wisconsin's actually up that in recent years and 
Um, yeah, definitely Leonard seems like the guy. And relatedly, I wouldn't be surprised if Wisconsin starts emerging as a consistent, you know, bottom of the top 25 um, recruiting team because, mm-hmm. you know, that's a – they're kind of turning into a brand name. Um, I, don't know if, I don't know if they're turning into it now. They probably already have been. But they're a consistent Big Ten team. They have a lot to offer. Um, it's a pretty nice campus in town. And, um, yeah, I don't really know where I'm going with this, but – um, I think with the younger coach, they will be equipped with the kind of talent to um, beat Nebraska and beat all these Big Ten West teams in the future, even though they're losing divisions. Yeah, that's. I mean, it's interesting. Wisconsin has Nebraska has traditionally recruited better than Wisconsin over this over this past time where Nebraska has been in the Big Ten, but Wisconsin's obviously had much better results. Um, I think a, a guy like Leonard, being young, having you know NFL experience, kind of being a flashy character, I think he'll do a lot more for recruiting at Wisconsin than maybe Chris did, um, and maybe especially the transfer portal. So I think that's big for them if they can continue to develop players the way they have and recruit at a higher level than they well they've done. Um, kind of going into this matchup, on paper, Wisconsin is the better team. They should win this game. If Thompson does pl- not play. Do you think there's any chance that Nebraska stays competitive, or is this really going to hinge on whether Thompson's healthy? I think there's a chance. It's pretty slim. I think there's got to be a chance, with especially after we just detailed how Nebraska has the more talented roster. Um, and quarterback's not really a spot where Wisconsin would have a significant right. advantage, even if Casey didn't play. Um, Graham Mertz is pretty pretty mediocre by all accounts. <laughs> um, I'd kind of put him in that Tanner Morgan class, yeah. maybe even lower. I'm Yeah, maybe. He's been bad. Yeah, but I don't know. Nebraska would have to find some really unique um, formula for success without Casey. Um, and, I mean, we've seen them give their best shot in recent weeks, and I think if they couldn't do it against Minnesota, they probably can't do it against Wisconsin. Um, I do kind of worry about the team losing steam and, I guess, losing – that fight, I don't necessarily have any reason to believe so, but as you get further into the season, you know, and bowl eligibility is gone, uh, it's kind of seeming like Mickey won't be the head coach. Um, it's seeming less likely, at least. Um, so hopefully they come out with the fire that they, you know, displayed in that first half against Minnesota and showed them those wins against um, Indiana Rutgers under Mickey, and um, maybe that would give them a chance without Casey, mm-hmm. but... I think it'd be pretty small. Right. It's. I mean, it's still a rivalry game, and there's bragging rights on the table. Um, I know there's been a little bit of history between Wisconsin and Nebraska, but for a lot of these newer guys, it, this isn't like a you know a huge game for them, especially given the, the status of the program. Um, I, I'm interested because I I want to h- hear your thoughts. Purdy didn't necessarily start bad against Michigan. No. Um, and so him not playing, once again, it's like last week I would have said, oh. Purdy not playing might be a benefit to Nebraska. Now I'm not quite sure because he he looked he looked decent and he made some throws that we hadn't made, seen him throw um, at all. So I was really not necessarily impressed, but I was surprised by his performance to start the game. So I was a little disappointed when he went out. I thought you know he put him in you know good position to score, um, and then all of a sudden he's out. The injuries just keep racking up. Really unfortunate for Nebraska. Yeah, that was about as like definitive of an outcome as you could have had um, in like flipping the stocks of those mm-hmm. two guys of Purdy and Smothers with neither of them accounting for a touchdown or a turnover. <laughs> That's pretty crazy. Yeah. Like I think everyone was in on the Purdy train. You saw him have a nice 
completion of Marcus Washington, 30-yard yeah. gain. I didn't think he could throw it that far, to be completely honest with you. No, that. yeah. Um, and then Rant scrambled for a few uh, first downs, um, whereas Smothers kind of looked just almost kind of lost, yeah. um, like he hadn't been prepared to play, um, which maybe he wouldn't have if – he probably wouldn't have if Smothers, uh, Purdy hadn't gotten hurt. Um, I guess maybe he would have because of the blowout. But, yeah, I mean, we saw Smothers look – pretty impressive um i've kind of maintained last year against iowa in that season Mm -hmm. finale yeah um and again we've talked about how this team isn't really equipped to cater to his skill set in a game like that because it doesn't have the defense um but yeah and even so smothers looked kind of shaky um so that kind of that that kind of leads me to believe um while you can't write it off that nebraska's chances are slim against wisconsin um yeah because this team has a pretty darn good defense like these past few opponents have it actually isn't as strong as that of obviously michigan or um illinois or minnesota um but it's been pretty good and certainly have um some pretty big playmakers back there um is there anything that stuck out to you when you were um i guess doing any research in wisconsin or reading my scouting report yeah i i was i was interested because they have a Numbers-wise, they have a similar um, yardage offense, and I was surprised by that because Nebraska's has been pretty bad as of late, so I I was thinking, you know, Wisconsin's going to be up there. So the main difference here is going to be that defense. Do you, you know, when you're looking at it, do you really trust their defense to be able to stop even a healthy Thompson? Because, I mean, Wisconsin's always had a good defense. They kind of have that historically good defense, but from what I've seen this year, it's it's not been great. I mean, even last week, you know, they held Iowa off, but it's Iowa and they still lost. I haven't seen too much out of Wisconsin this year to, to really think that their defense is going to be the way they're going to win this game. Whereas Illinois, Minnesota, and Michigan, I think they could have won even if they had really bad offensive performances. I think Wisconsin is going to need a better defensive performance than those kind of teams. Yeah, no doubt. That kind of leads me like a few a few keys to success for Nebraska. Um, yeah, firstly, Wisconsin's defense, again, good, not great. Um and it's stronger against the run than the pass. So if Casey does play, I think th- there could be a pretty realistic avenue to Nebraska putting up like 400 yards, kind of exploding this defense, scoring 30-plus mm-hmm. points. I mean, we saw Ohio State put up 50 on them. We saw Illinois and Michigan State both put up 34, which is no small feat. Um, so, yeah, that'll be, that'll be something I'm watching. Um, I am kind of worried that whatever iteration of Casey that Nebraska gets will be kind of a hobbled mm-hmm. one, which is still probably a better option than um, Smothers. But, yeah, I'll be watching that. Um, I'm sure Mark Whipple would love to try to sling the ball around in 30-degree weather. The and hobbled try to, Mark Whipple on his, in a cast. Yeah, up, up, in the, up in the press box now, apparently. Yeah, which I, was um, surpri- I honestly was surprised he wasn't up there to begin with. Yeah. He, I mean, he's, he's an old some, guy. He's an older guy, so. Yeah, and he's, he's had some health issues. In harm's way. Yeah. I mean, that, that was just, that was, that was almost just like the season coming into one thing. It's just like, man, the offensive coordinator goes down as well on the sideline. I and mean, how much more Nebraska 2022 can you get than that? Yeah. Um, yeah, I, Wisconsin doesn't impress me. And, and so I'm, I'm, I'm leaning, if Thompson can play and play healthy, I'm, I'm leaning for this to be a good chance for Nebraska to pull off a, Kind of a, a season, you know, some of the walk away with, oh, at least we beat Wisconsin in, in a close game. 
again, though, without Thompson, it's just gonna it's gonna be a struggle. Now, I, I don't put too much on Smothers here because he really only played like five drives that were meaningful against Michigan, which is crazy. But I I, I think Wisconsin defense will be good enough to stop a Smothers led team. Man, it's just the weapons that I just feel like are just being wasted at this point, and it's yeah. really it's really unfortunate to see. Even Grant last week, I mean, there was no point to use him because you know Nebraska's down by, you know, they have what five drives. They're thinking, oh, we got five drives left. We can't really run the ball and, and mm-hmm. establish a run game. So it's these weapons that are being wasted. I think there's a chance to utilize these guys against Wisconsin, if not just to make get them you know give them some touches I, I want to see these guys get a few more touches and, and Palmer's been out of you know he's been out of it lately and obviously that's not on him just unfortunate to see I think this is a big week too the, the season is over there is no you know there's not much to take away from the season let's get our best guys the ball and, and let them make plays with it yeah so I think one unconventional way in which Nebraska could gain an advantage and um kind of get the get its playmakers the ball um, potentially in space is on punt returns. Yeah. Um, Wisconsin rates uh, 92nd nationally in opponent punt return yards on average, um, and they allow almost 10 yards per punt return, which doesn't sound like a lot, but is quite a bit for field position. And Nebraska, believe it or not, ranks eighth in average punt return yards. I think they average like 15 or something. Um, granted, they don't return a lot of punts, but they definitely have the guys back there with Trey Palmer and Oliver Martin. Um, I mean, we saw it with Michigan a couple times last week. I think they had a couple about 10-yard returns where they um, gave them a pretty decent advantage starting a drive. So I'll be curious to see if Nebraska can kind of get an advantage there. Um, we were talking earlier about special teams advantages or making um, – getting some, I guess, unconventional help from defensive turnovers forced or special teams. I think that could be a way. Um, another area where Nebraska um, not necessarily can exploit but maybe won't get exploited in is Wisconsin is dead even in time of possession, um, 30 minutes and zero seconds exactly. Um, so that implies that maybe they won't bleed out Nebraska, kind of as you suggested um, the other yeah. teams have. Um, but I'll be curious to see, um, obviously they have an elite running back, but their offense is more balanced, um, than the past teams Nebraska's played. Right. Even against, I mean, even against Michigan, I wouldn't say Michigan can, they controlled the ball, but they didn't, if you look at the time of possession, they didn't actually control it by that much. It was about a, you know, 35 to 25, which is kind of where the other teams have been this year with Nebraska. Um, I think even Purdue passed that mark. Yeah. Um, so, you know, if Nebraska can control the time of possession, which is possible, like you said, with that Wisconsin having that even, there's a good there's a good chance that they could control the ball. Nebraska not controlled the ball at all, really, in the past month. Um, and really, other than the Purdue game where they just marched on the field, even against, you know, Michigan, they had or Minnesota, they had the one drive that was solid. Illinois, like one or two drives where they possessed the ball. Outside, it's been a lot of three and outs. Or quick strike plays, they might need to be able to possess the ball against Wisconsin. It's certainly possible. You don't want to hand the ball back and just let Braylon Allen run all over you. No, yeah. Um, I mean, I'll, be, I'll kind of be curious to see if any of the other running backs that we've seen, um, kind of more of in recent weeks, like Ramir Johnson, mm-hmm. Gabe Irvin Jr., um, kind of get some action. Seems like both of those guys have surpassed Jack Azant in the um, backup running back depth chart. And, 
rightfully so. He's kind of lacked that juice this year. Um, obviously, we can't really know without Casey's status because this game kind of entirely hinges on that. Yeah. Um, and hopefully we learn more after the press conference tomorrow before we um, publish our score predictions, um, which will be out Friday morning. But do you have a, I guess, a conditional prediction for what happens if we see like a 90% healthy Casey Thompson um, or what happens if we see him not playing? If, if Thompson doesn't play, I, I'm probably going to take an, a similar game to the way the Minnesota game played out, so more of like a 23-13 to 13 type of finish. Yeah. Um, just because I think the teams are very similar. Um, you know, I think Minnesota's a little better, but, again, the type of game script will be similar. Um, if Thompson plays, man, I, I can't predict a win because I, I don't see – Thompson coming off the bat right away and being strong. But I think it could easily be three-point game, three-point loss, a little more high scoring. Um, I think actually Thompson playing will help uh, Wisconsin score more, oddly enough, yeah. just because Nebraska won't um, possess the ball as much and it won't be as much of a grind fest. So if Thompson plays, I'd say more of like a 27-24 loss. If, they, if he doesn't play, more of like a 23-13 to loss. Yeah, I mean, I think – we're pretty much in lockstep there. I wish I had a different answer, but um, I do see what you mean. It might give kind of Wisconsin that needed pat on the backside and like, hey, get going, buddy. Yeah. Get get moving. Um, and I think Wisconsin's offense isn't completely incompetent. Um, but, yeah, I mean, if if it's Logan Smothers, I think – I think I kind of think we're going to see a decent version of him. I think Nebraska is going to put together a pretty solid game plan, um, but I don't really trust it to be enough. Um, there is a world here where Smothers plays okay, um, Nebraska's defense continues to look solid, and they limit turnovers again, and they find themselves right in this game. I think more realistically, it's you know one of those games where it feels like they're kind of within striking distance for mm-hmm. most of the game, but kind of not, and lose, yeah, like 23-13 or something like that, 24-13, I don't know. Um, but yeah, if Casey plays um, and we see a pretty healthy Casey, I would not be surprised to see Nebraska win. I think I'd predict, again, exactly like you said, probably <laughs> a, probably like a three-point loss, maybe like 27-24, um, something moderately high-scoring. And um, I, th- I think like I think that's what people should hope for. Um, obviously not Wisconsin fans, but that would just definitely be a lot more entertaining variety of football right. than what we're going to get if it's – Nebraska trying to play a superior Big Ten West team at its own ground and pound game, yeah, and that and hasn't losing, hasn't worked the last three and games. losing by ten points. Right, yeah. it, it's just been unfortunate because even in twenty twenty one with all the losses, man, those games were fun to watch. I mean, yeah. that, those were awesome games. Went down to the wire every single time, and yeah, your heart got ripped out at the end if you're a Nebraska fan, but you still were enjoying the game. That Michigan game, I you know, I felt like it was over after halfway through the third quarter, like there was just no point of watching anymore because it was just the same thing over and over. Really unfortunate to watch. With the way Iowa's playing, I think this is Nebraska's best chance to win yeah. um, the West of their games. The, the more Iowa plays, the more concerned I get. I was way out on Iowa earlier in the year, but, man, they have looked impressive. Wisconsin is a beatable team, though. I mean, they lost to Washington State. That was with Chris, but Washington State is one of the Pac-12's worst teams. I mean, they're not up there with uh, other teams that have played well this year in the Pac-12. So, that, you know – there, there's a way to beat them. Um, you know, Illinois kind of boat raced them. You know, Illinois yeah. beat 
Wisconsin worse than they beat Nebraska. Granted, it was with Chris, so you can you can kind of throw that out, but not. I mean, it's still the same team. Michigan State, you know, it's been a solid team, but by no means. I mean, Michigan State, you know, was you know on the way with Rutgers. They were back and forth with Rutgers, very similar to the way that Nebraska was back and forth with Rutgers. Michigan State beat Wisconsin, and then even at Iowa. I mean, Wisconsin allowed just 168 um, yards to Iowa. Iowa still won. So if Nebraska, like you said, special teams, defense, turnovers, they're going to need those. Iowa did it last week. Nebraska's nowhere near as good as Iowa on defense and special teams. But there is a path here is what I'm saying. There is a path. Um, if you shut down Braylon Allen, that offense is going to go by the wayside. Not a great offense. Um, it, it just kind of like kind of an enigma this year where they've had really good performances like against Purdue and against some of the other teams just not look good. It's a beatable team. This is Nebraska's best chance to win a game at home in front of a sold-out Memorial Stadium, but probably not full given the, I believe it is, 22-degree weather expected at kickoff. Um, so we'll see how good of an environment it is for Nebraska, but I think this is their best chance to win under possibly Mickey Joseph's last uh, game as head coach of Nebraska at Memorial Stadium. Yeah, you were talking about that I mean, just last year, how close Nebraska was in all those games. Dude, that game at Wisconsin last right. year, that one was wild. How I mean, Wisconsin, I think, started the game with a kickoff return for a touchdown. Um, and then we saw that back and forth. Mm -hmm. Both those teams' offenses kind of look better than they do this year. But um, I think we're, it's, it's possible we see that same game where I think it was 34-28, Nebraska got to Wisconsin's 20 at the end. And um, what was it? They had like four plays. I should remember I was – there um but i think they had like four plays um like at wisconsin's 20 yeah. you couldn't convert but yeah i could see some questionable calls questionable yeah. no calls at the end but yeah just no surprise you don't want that step deciding a game right. but yeah still but yeah i mean i think we could see a pretty entertaining game like that um i'm excited for this one it's it's on espn nebraska continues to get <laughs> it's it's incredible the way that they managed spots. to get you know, I don't know what it is, but I, I don't. I think all of the last five games have been nationally televised. If I'm not wrong, um, I guess the Purdue one maybe wasn't, but yeah, Nebraska, the the national TV networks love Nebraska. I guess it's still a brand. Yeah, and they get to get embarrassed on national television. So yeah, that's never fun. I think I think last thing I'd say is, um, I mean, yeah, this is a winnable game. Um, we qualified it with if Casey doesn't play, less so, but. And I think this is one of the games you would circle before the season that Nebraska would most want to win. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, they have that, I think it's like 10-game losing streak against Wisconsin, um, who's supposed to be one of their rivals. And um, certainly this game and Iowa, I would say those two in Oklahoma were probably the games Nebraska wanted to win most mm -hmm. before the season. And they've got a chance to do so. Um, so we'll see how it shakes out. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Um, let's move over to a little bit of basketball, unless you got anything else on football you want to talk about. No. You got to attend uh, the first Nebraska fo uh, basketball game of the season. Um, how did that tell, tell us how that went? Um, how you're how you're liking the team? What you saw with your own eyes? I didn't get to see him with my own eyes. Got to watch him on TV. Um, how does the team look like this year compared to last year? I mean, it's so easy to draw to conclusions. Right. It's and, been two and, games. <laughs> There's, yeah. Against and, very bad opponents. And part of this, I'm kind of drawing upon um, generalisms and kind of the reflections of um, Coach Fred Hoiberg. But it does seem like this team plays more together. Um, definitely they're, 
the way they played has reflected the um, approach Hoiberg kind of preached in the offseason of um, being more gritty, being more defensively focused, um, crashing the offensive boards. I mean, we saw them hit uh, their most offensive boards in four seasons under Hoiberg in that season opener. Um, they got 16, which is pretty impressive, and then I think they reverted back to like nine or something against Omaha. But yeah, I mean, it it certainly wasn't an impressive performance. It's kind of it's kind of what I expected these first two games. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think if you're a Nebraska or a Nebraska fan, you have to be at least pretty pleased with it because we've seen this team start the season with, you know, not at all how they should be. Um, right. I lost to Western Illinois last year when they were considered maybe a tournament team. Right. Um, so they've at least matched expectations, started 2-0. and um, I think only one-third of the nation is still 2-0 and for what it's worth. <laughs> you got uh, to take advantage of that while it's still happening and tout it. But, um, yeah, and they got a big one tomorrow. Yeah. Um, I think it's just funny to look at the common opponents so far. Maine beating Boston College this week. Yeah. Um, Colorado beating Tennessee. There you go. Um, so I think some of those games are pretty funny. Um, I, what's a team? I feel like there's a team coming up that just beat TCU, unless I'm wrong. Uh, it was Arkansas Pine Bluff, so they lost to TCU by one. Okay. But then, but then they got routed by someone good, and then TCU lost to someone else bad. Okay. So maybe that's less of an <laughs> indictment on Arkansas Pine Bluff right. than it is on TCU. It's been interesting. Um, did you feel like? Do you feel like there's a spot for Walker to come in once he comes back? Like, is he going to mesh with this team, or do you feel like it's that kind of everyone gets the ball, he's going to more be you know a ball dominant center? Because I, I mean, again, that's assuming to be your best player this season by most metrics, um, and he's not there yet. There's going to be some time for him to come through, but do you feel like he's going to play an impact on this team as much as expected, or are there going to be other guys that are going to pick up the slack? Yeah, no, I think it'll be pretty smooth. Um, I've Again, they've played two right. mid-majors, but I've been relatively impressed with how they've looked without him. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think he'll fit in pretty smoothly. Um, he kind of has that perfect balance of, I would kind of argue he's, no, I, I guess I wouldn't say he's more defensively focused, but, um, you know, he's a, he's kind of a two-way guy. He You can run the offense through him, but he doesn't need that. Um, he's not a shooter. He doesn't really spread the floor, but um, he is pretty flexible in where you put him offensively. What do you ask him to do? So I think he'll fit in pretty well. Um, certainly, I've been pretty impressed with um, Wilhelm Breidenbach and Blaze mm-hmm. Kaida to start the season. But they've, um, they've both looked pretty solid in his stead. Um, so it looks like Nebraska maybe has a pretty decent stable of big men this year. Which is not the case last year. Yeah, which would be huge for the Big Ten, um, especially in a watered-down conference this year. And, um, again, we'll see tomorrow. Uh, both of us, or I guess that'll be, this podcast will be coming out about the same time the game ends, right? Right. Um, but, yeah, both of us are covering that game um, at St. John's. And St. John's is a team kind of, Starting out on the bubble, but has looked really mediocre against its three mid-major, um, low mid-major at that, opponents to start the season. So, yeah. Yeah, they're up at 42 in Kempom, so right around like Rutgers and Oklahoma and some other teams we're going to play this year. 
Um, Nebraska's, I believe, at like one one eleven right now in Ken Palm. So it's been worse. They've, it they've is been worse definitely been worse under Hoiberg. I think it's. I tell me if you're. Tell me if I'm right. Watching on TV, but the difference between Greasel handling the ball and uh, Verge from last year is so is so stark. Where you have this giant guy yeah. who doesn't really have the best handles, but obviously rebounding the ball versus Verge, where he would be, you know, trying to dribble the ball through everyone's legs. Does the offense? How different does the offense look in person? I mean, I mean, I saw it on TV, but how different does it look this year? Do you think it's going to be any better without those guys who are? I mean, there's not a there's not a McGowan, there's not a Verge on the team who's playmakers getting to the basket. Um, do you think that's going to be any any worse this year? Obviously, it didn't really work last year, so I don't know how much of a, how much of a deal that's going to be. Yeah, I mean, it'll it'll have like a more solid baseline, um, just because you're not revolving it around two guys. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to see. I think it's there's going to end up being like four or five guys between like nine and thirteen points a game or something like that. I don't know who is going to be the leading scorer. Um, if if someone tells you they do, they're lying. But <laughs> um, it's looking like it might be Greasel. I kind of doubted his ability to raise his performance playing with power five guys and against power five guys, which Nebraska hasn't done yet. Um, but he's averaging twenty points per game right now. Um, it, it's looking like it might be him. Um, but yeah, I don't know that the offense will necessarily be better. I think on its best nights, it won't be, it won't reach the highs of 2021, you know, Mm -hmm. um, but on the worst nights, it'd probably be better. Um, the shooting should maybe be a tiny bit better. Um, but yeah, it looked, it looked pretty dysfunctional at times, um, in that opener against Maine, but like they were at least playing together. Right. So that's positive. Yeah. I think it's, it'll be a more steady approach. It might not be as an elite of an approach, but it, when the team is completely off, it's not going to be, you know, getting you know shot out by Northwestern and, yeah. and getting blown out by them. So definitely more of a steady approach. Um, I'm excited for the year. I think there's a lot of, you know, unknowns at this point, obviously only being two games in. St. John's, you know, game, that's probably going to be a loss, but there's going to be a lot to learn from that game of just how competitive can this team be. Um, you saw it last year with the North Carolina State game where, oh, competitive with a, you know an ACC team and then saw how the rest of the year played out. Yeah. Um, so obviously early game, early season, you can't make too many assumptions, but definitely exciting 2-0 for the first time in Hoiberg's career, which I think is crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, that's incredible. But there's definitely a lot of unanswered questions that will continue to be answered and uh, as the season goes on. It's an it, it, you know, open book right now, and that's all you can ask for. Yeah, I mean, this. I think the biggest thing with this um, Thursday night game against St. John's is this is kind of the start of this just absolute gauntlet of a schedule they're entering. Um, I think they have 26 um, high major opponents they're playing this season. Jeez. Um, and that's before counting the Big Ten tournament and the NCAA tournament. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, they got <laughs> – they got St. John's, then they got Pine Bluff, and then they got Oklahoma, Boston College, Creighton. Those are all non-con. Um, and then K-State a couple weeks – or like a week later. Um, and then fully getting a Big Ten play. So um, if they beat St. John's, I don't think it should be taken as this team as a tournament team, all that. But it would be a, it would be a pretty good reflection on this team's ability to, you mm-hmm. know, weather the Big Ten, at least be close to 500 – um, if they lose, I wouldn't really take that much from yeah, it either because that's, that's what's expected. At least Boston College is beatable. We know that now. So. Yeah. They should win that. They should win that one. Um, that's about all I got. You got anything else uh, for basketball here? Any other sports you want to shout out? 
No, we're kind of we're kind of entering that weird point where mm-hmm. you know volleyball's about to wrap up. Um, a lot of the fall sports kind of already did soccer and cross country. So um, I think we'll we'll definitely have some more basketball talk and in the coming month once we wrap up football. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening. We will see you back here next week to recap this Wisconsin game and maybe preview an Iowa game that could be Iowa's uh, chance to get to the Big Ten Championship for the second year in a row, which isn't crazy, but Nebraska has a chance to knock off Iowa if that is the case. Um, We'll be back then to talk about that game and talk about all the other sports going around Nebraska. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you then.